Researchers at Dell SecureWorks have found that the banking trojan known as TINBA, which has been linked to attacks against bank and credit card accounts in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and mainland Europe, is now specifically targeting accounts at some of Russia's top banks and payments providers. Here, Dr. Brett Stone-Gross, a senior security researcher at Dell SecureWorks, explains why this shift in attack targets is so noteworthy and why TINBA is having a global impact. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Brett, as I mentioned in the introduction, Timba, which emerged in 2014, has historically only targeted Western bank accounts. Now, however, it seems Timba is being used to compromise Russian bank accounts. Why is this so alarming and or surprising? Yeah, this is unusual because typically we see is some of the largest banking trojans are specifically targeting banks and financial institutions in Western Europe, the United States, the United Kingdom, Australia, and Canada. And this particular bond net is targeting a large percentage of Russian targets, and in particular, more than one-third of the infections that we see are in Russia. And one reason why we may see this shift is in part due to the hostilities between Ukraine and Russia. And those law enforcement agencies may not be on the best of terms with each other right now, Traditionally, we've seen that Russian Eastern European banks have not been targeted because the law enforcement in those countries have been much more likely to take action and pursue and prosecute those behind the attack. One example of that would be the Carver Trojan that targeted Russian Ukrainian banks in 2013, and that led to the arrest of a number of individuals in both of those countries. We also see with a lot of malware, it's, it's pretty common to see the malware actually detect where the victim is located through either their operating system's language or keyboard layout, and either not run or uninstall the malware if determined they're a Russian speaker. You know, Brett, something else that I wanted to mention here, and it doesn't really relate to some of the trends that you find to be the most noteworthy, but I did note in Dell's research that this Trojan is attacking bank accounts in Asia Pacific as well. Is this noteworthy too? It is, and this is a trend that we've seen continue and grow. And one particular reason may be is the fact that a lot of these regions haven't been targeted as much uh, in the past, and they may not have implemented some of the same security measures that are implemented in a lot of the banks in the Western world. So they may be easier for cyber criminals to steal money from those bank accounts, and they may be able to hire translators, for instance, to assist them with understanding the language and the way those financial institutions operate in those parts of the world. So one overarching theme that really does stand out about this particular Trojan Timba is its size, Brett. Timba is 25 kilobytes in size, and most banking malware, as you've noted, is about 250 kilobytes in size. So this is a lightweight and portable malware, yet it still has most of the capabilities of other malware strains. What makes it so remarkable in its size? Does that make it harder to detect? Yeah, it may make it harder to detect or get less attention from security researchers who are looking for new banking trojans because generally those trojans are quite large in size. But one of the other explanations for kind of the small size of Timba, it may be a, a personal challenge by the author or developer of Timba because they're able to pack a lot of features into the malware uh, and yet keep it such a small size. So when we go back to talk about some of the new targets that are being hit by this malware, do you think that these new attack targets tell us anything unique about the administrators of this malware? Well, it definitely tells us that the administrators of the malware have to know how the particular financial institutions in those regions operate, uh, how the security measures are implemented, and how they can avoid or evade those measures. 
And also they need to be familiar with the language or at least hire a translator who can help them with uh, translating it into a language that they can understand and carry out wire fraud. Now, there was one thing that was noted in the report that came out from Dell today that I thought was interesting as well, and that is that there are some other types of banking trojans that are troublesome too, although I guess Timba stands out to researchers at Dell for different reasons. But are there any suspected links between Timba and other troublesome banking trojans like Shifu? So we haven't seen any direct links between Timba and Shifu, but what we have seen is uh, in general, there are a large number of banking trojans, and what's common to see is overlap between one affiliate for one banking trojan also experimenting with other banking trojans to determine if, if that other banking trojan has the features that, that they need in order to conduct their activities. A lot of the banking trojans have different features and allow them to conduct different types of activities. For instance, some of them are capable of searching the file system of a victim for particular keywords, and that can be used, for example, to steal sensitive documents or intellectual property or or anything like that. Brett, can you tell us which banking institutions have been targeted the most often by Timba? Timba has targeted a lot of banks over the entire world. And in terms of its target list, uh, one thing that's important to note is Timba is not a specific or, or one single botnet. It's a collection of botnets, and the reason why is because it's sold through underground forums and different criminal groups are running these different instances or different botnets of Timba. And what we see is different threat actors are familiar with different regions and understand how their financial institutions work. And uh, they generally target the regions that they're most familiar with or they think they can have the highest return on their investment. And we've seen banks all over the world, including the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Australia, lots of Western Europe, Eastern Europe as well, and, of course, uh, the Asia-Pacific region. So, Brett, you touched on this earlier, but I'd like for you to expand here a bit. Do you think that some of what we're seeing reflects some emerging global fraud trends? Initially, I was going to suggest that maybe this would suggest that we see organized crime groups being more connected, but it sounds like it's quite the contrary. Yeah, a lot of these are individual groups. They're not working together. In fact, a lot of times they're kind of rivals. And so a lot of these are different groups. They have different levels of expertise. Some of them are very advanced. Some of them are not so advanced. And with Timba, there's probably more than a dozen different threat actors or threat groups that are using the malware to target all these different financial institutions all over the world. Brett, would you say that global law enforcement agencies are working more closely together to address some of these emerging risks? Yeah, over the last decade, there's been a a tremendous amount of collaboration between a lot of the global law enforcement agencies, which has led to a number of arrests and a number of actions against those who've been behind a lot of these cybercrimes. But there's still a lot of work to be done, and, and there's still a lot of international law enforcement agencies that don't work well with each other, and, and uh, some of them, of course, due to political reasons, refuse to work with each other at all at this point. But over the last decade, it's certainly improved tremendously, and it's uh, definitely been a positive effort because cybercrime is definitely global. There's a lot of different interests and a lot of different regions, and the effects are really global as well. So, Brett, what should banking institutions be doing to reduce their customers' risks to these types of attacks? There's a number of measures that a financial institution should take. Uh, One of them would be, right off the bat, is user education. And that would be instructing their users not to click on everything in emails and instant messages and on social networking websites. 
And uh, also very important is to make sure that users keep their systems up to date and, and they patch for vulnerabilities and browser plugins and browsers themselves uh, because those are the most frequent ways that criminals are able to install malware on victim computers. On the bank side, there's a number of things they can do to increase security. One of the most common things for a lot of financial institutions these days is to add two-factor authentication. And what that does is it makes it harder for a criminal with just a username and password to be able to log into a victim account and wire money out of that account. So there's a number of ways that two-factor is implemented. Sometimes it's through uh, something like an RSA token. Other times it's implemented through an SMS message that sends a code that the user has to enter. And also on the bank side, there's a number of things that banks can detect fraud in terms of anomalous traffic that they normally shouldn't expect. And then, Brett, finally, before we close, are there any additional thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience about Timba or some of the emerging trends that we see globally? Yeah, so one important takeaway is these banking trojans are going to be here for a while. So there's been a lot of global law enforcement action in the past few years against a number of botnets and a number of the threat actors behind them. And this is truly a global problem that requires a lot of collaboration between law enforcement, private industry, and academia to build better security mechanisms and also to go after those who are responsible for these types of attacks. At the end of the day, it's a human problem in terms of people becoming infected and also those behind the attacks. These are, are humans that are operating the keyboard and, and designing these attacks. So it's important to go after the problem at multiple angles. Well, Brett, I'd like to thank you for your time. Very informative. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Dr. Brett Stone-Gross of Dell Secure Works. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.